coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. This is such an honor to have Jim Cox, Midwest Book review. If you only knew the charm of this man, um, Midwest Book Review was started in 1976. This is our 44th year of reviewing books. Jim Cox and I are both in the book business. I wrote the book, Book Blitz, How to Be a Bestseller. Jim has, no, I don't even compare to myself to Jim. Jim has Book Watch, California Book Watch, Children's Book Watch, Internet Book Watch, Library Book Watch, Reviewers Book Watch, <laughs> Small Press Book Watch, and then Winston, a Wisconsin Book Watch. Now, do you ever sleep? <laughs> Actually, I've got 81 people that review for me, so my crack is that they do all the work and I get all the glory. Well, that's the kind of man I like, somebody that knows how to experience joy and laughter. Anyway, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and you can see we're going to have a darn good time today because we're with Jim Cox, and I am so delighted to let you know you're watching Peace Podcast, a podcast that is here designed for you to inspire you to be happy, healthy living, and why not? Why not bring peace into your life? And you know, sometimes a book is the way you get to peace. Sometimes a book is the way you learn how to eat better, be healthier. So Jim, what is the secret to Midwest Book Review? How have you survived 44 years and reviewed how many books in your 44 years? Hundreds of thousands. Yes. If you, if you do a Google search at, or uh, just go on amazon.com, type in the words Midwest Book Review, and up pops the number of reviews that we have posted over the decades to Amazon.com, and it's in the thousands. Well, you know, I was thinking about you with such great respect and love, because how many books just sit on the shelf because they don't know they could get a good review from Midwest Book Review? I doubt <laughs> if there's that many left anymore, because I have told everybody since I was president of the book publicist, have you found out how great Midwest Book Review is, how they will review your book and post it all over the world? Jim? Is that the secret to your long years of success? Well, we, we have a mission statement. Uh, we're in business to help writers to write better, publishers to publish more profitably, librarians uh, to make more informed acquisition choices, and to bring to the attention of the general reading public good books that they otherwise may never know existed. And I have two secrets to, to our commercial success, you know, because we depend on authors and publishers sending us books. Well, our reviewers only compensation because they're all volunteers is that they get to keep the books they review. All right. But in order to keep those publishers happy in sending us free books, I always made sure that when a, their book was reviewed, I sent a copy of that review to the author or the publisher 
accompanied by what we call a notification letter telling them all the places we had published and posted our review of their book. And they always get automatic and complete permission to utilize our review in any manner they deem useful in their own marketing efforts. Now that's the core of the business plan. But in addition, sort of like frosting on the cake, I've got an ego as big as all outdoors. And one <laughs> of the things I really like is basic answering people's questions, opposing solutions to the problems that they will present me. Uh, for example, just yesterday and today, I had a phone call from a self-published author who's written uh, a kind of science fiction book uh, and wanted my opinion on the quality of the cover art that she had chosen when it was published. Well, she was gonna send me that book so I could give her an opinion, but it's a waste of postage. Suppose I don't uh, like the cover, you know, and I can't recommend it. So what I asked her was, do you have your book on Amazon yet? She says, oh yes, oh yes. Then I said, listen, instead of spending the postage money to ship that book to me, not to mention, the the uh, production cost of making that book just tell me get, send me the link to that amazon book page i'll look at the cover and then tell you what i think well this morning i opened my email and 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 there it is dear jim a request and i punched the link it takes me to this lady's book i look at the cover and in my and then i I give her an email response. I say, the cover is okay, but it does nothing to really help your book stand out from its competition on a bookstore shelf or a library shelf. Why don't you consider if you go into your next printing using a public domain photograph that's thematically appropriate to the nature of, of the book? And then I sent her a link uh, on the internet to a whole list of resources for free public domain photography that authors and publishers can tap into for a really outstanding cover art. Because in this business, this is, and this is very true, covers make or break a book. If you've got a flawed or undistinguished cover, but it's really wonderful stuff inside that book. An aspiring reader or buyer will pass it over, never bothering to open up that book and see how good it is inside. So you gotta make the outside every bit as customer attractive as the inside. Well, you see, and that's basically what I, I, I saw. But I do, this is the kind of interaction I have with the publishing industry with the authors, the editors, the publishers, the marketing directors, the publicity managers, <laughs> okay. the freelance publicists, like my friend Barbara out there in Santa Barbara. Thank I've been you. doing this, like I say, I'd lost count of how many how-to books for aspiring authors and aspiring publishers that I and the Midwest Book Review are mentioned in or that have extracted some of the stuff I've written on, on various aspects of the publishing process as part of their 
their book material. I lost count after something like 53 or 54. <laughs> That's a real compliment when you are quoted. That is a compliment. And you know, Jim, you're the Google of the publishing business. You know, people go to Google to find out why their toes are aching or something like that, but they go to you to find out why their book's not selling. They And they need yeah. to get to you earlier than after it gets up on Amazon, right? And I never charge for my advice. In fact, what I tell people is, remember, my advice is free and worth exactly what I charge for. So, but the reason I don't have to, and I never have, is because it's good promotion for the Midwest Book Review, winning the hearts and minds of authors and publishers and their publicists, but also because we are funded and always have been by two annual foundation grants for the purpose of promoting literacy, library usage, and small press publishing. Uh, uh, that's been our, the, the most we permit authors and publishers to do if they want to express appreciation and support the cause that is the Midwest Book Review is, is that they can contribute to our postage stamp fund if, if they want to, because we use stamps, you know, when we mail out hard copies of the reviews and notification letters and so forth. But I want to always stress, and I do always stress, that while postage stamp fund donations are always appreciated, they are never, ever required. And you know, I think the reason you do this is, first of all, may your grants never expire. First, I want to say <laughs> that. May your grants be there for the rest of your business life and the yep, rest of our lives, because so we need you. Um, and then I also wanted to tell you how much I appreciate and why we gave you the 2012 Lifetime Achievement Award, because oh, you yeah. are like an unsung hero. Um, I don't even know how many people in my life have said Midwest Book Review made my book a bestseller. Now, let's just go to that for a minute. I wrote the book, Book Blitz, How to Be a Bestseller with Ernie yep. Weckbaugh, and you reviewed it beautifully. I, I reviewed that book. <laughs> I remember. And boy, did you make us happy. Um, the book was kind of like a book about Jim in a way. It had all the resources you needed. But boy, did it get outdated fast. The book industry has changed, yeah, Jim. Yeah. How has the book industry changed? Yeah. I know you have to be on Amazon. You have to have books that are available. But what is the biggest change you've seen in the 44 years? And how can authors prepare for that change? Oh, there have been so many changes. But let's let's pick a couple of the, of the most urgent ones. That's First good. of all, you hear about literacy, the ability to read and write. Then came the necessity to be computer literate. That is knowing how to use the internet, knowing how to use the computer, knowing how to use WordPerfect or other documents when you're composing your great American novel. But now there's a third form of literacy that's absolutely essential to being a successful publisher, let alone a commercial author. And that is be social media literate. How do you use Twitter? How do you use Instagram? How do you use Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, and the nice thing about it is that you don't have to reinvent any wheels. Somebody somewhere has written an instructional manual and guide that for a do-it-yourself uh, training program and fortunately, if you know how to use Google, 
you can find them quickly and easily, like those archives of free uh, uh, photography, public domain photographs, if you want to spice up your book visually and so forth. I mean, they're all over the place. The resources just are out there, aren't they? And some people don't exactly know which resources they should be tuning into. That's where Jim comes in. That's when you give him a quick call once once in a while or send him an email. And um, Jim, why don't you give us your website right up front? We need that right now. Uh, uh, which website should you go. give me? Just do a Google search and type, type in Midwest Book Review and you'll find us. Otherwise, it's www.midwestbookreview.com. There you go. Um, you know, today I was thinking, now what is it that a new author needs to know? What would a new author want to know first? And I can tell this is your passion. Go, Jim. I got to tell you, one of the most frequent responses I get from self-published authors when I've sent them uh, their review and that notification letter and they email me back at some kind of a thank you is everything we did for them we did without charge and they're telling me they can spend up to hundreds of dollars hiring sc basically scam artists who promise them the moon in terms of making their book a bestseller and getting it in all the bookstores and libraries they were scammed and if they only knew before they spent all that money what they found out when they stumbled across me, you know, they, they wouldn't have been taken. In fact, one of the earliest and, most, and continually most popular instructional articles that I've ever written was how to spot a phony book reviewer. Good. So you don't get ripped off by scam artists pretending to be reviewers. Yeah. Oh, by the way, on the on the, the Midwest Book Review website, it is specifically designed to be a kind of do-it-yourself training course for aspiring authors and publishers and bookstore owners and librarians. But one of the major sections is called Advice for Writers and Publishers. This is an archive of all the instructional how-to articles I've written on every aspect of the publishing process over the last four decades. You click on it, it opens the archive, and you run down the list, and it's a long list because uh -huh. I have been a prolific writer. Uh, and there, But there are five or six of them that have specifically to do with the book reviewing process, uh, how the process works, uh, what to, uh, how to spot a phony book reviewer so you don't get ripped off by scam artists, what to do with the review when you get it, how do, how do you utilize it, at, in terms of your your marketing campaign, your marketing program, but and and this I think is unique. There's another section of my website called Other Reviewers, and it's a database that I created and continually update of freelance book reviewers, book review magazines and journals, book review websites and blogs that are legitimate. I vetted them. I went and looked at them, made sure they were kosher. Uh, now, some of them are specialized, like children's books or poetry. Others uh, are more general in nature. So what I tell people is click on other reviewers on our website. It opens the database. It's a massive database. 
go down the list. And when you see one that looks promising, you click on it and it'll zap you to that other website. You read through that other website and you'll be able to determine if that reviewer or review resource is thematically appropriate to your particular book. And if it is, what their submission guidelines are. In other words, I'm expanding. Uh, by the way, this, this has been a blessing to a lot of novice book publicists as well. But th this is expanding the opportunity for, uh, review, for authors and publishers to get free publicity. Because most self, especially most self-published authors, are working off of what I call a shoestring or even no-string budget for marketing. You know, so take advantage of all the free resources you can. Well, there's so many free resources out there. And I think with you, your website, MidwestBookReview.com, they can go there and find the advice that they may be seeking because yep. it's so nice to have it so organized. You must type 2,000 words a minute because you have written <laughs> thousands of articles. Are you a fast typist? I am. I am a... a agile and, and quick typist. I, I learned how to type in high school and I have such rotten penmanship uh -huh. that it was a natural transition to typing. Well, so that, that sure does people, help your was, book flow, doesn't it? You get it right out as soon as you think it. And you have written well, lots of books. Also, I oh, I'm a published author in my own right. Right. But uh, one of the things I write every month is a column of advice, tips, tricks, and techniques about book marketing for the publishing industry. Uh -huh. It's called the Jim Cox Report. And uh, I have a subscribership of some over 3,000 plus, you know, and, but it's free. I send it out for free and I archive them all on the Midwest Book Review. So one of those sections uh, composing our website is called the Jim Cox Report. You click on it and there's all the monthly reports. And what do you put in your Jim Cox report? I put in, quite literally, tips, tricks, and techniques for marketing books. For marketing uh, books. Tips, tricks, and techniques for writing more successfully. That's uh, important. Publishing more, right. more effectively. Right. Uh, and also, uh, and also uh, I comment on the changes I see in the publishing industry. Uh, what's happening with library systems on a national level in, ter in terms of their relationship to the publishing industry. Right. The impact of digital publishing on print publishing and, and you know, that kind of stuff. I, I'm an observer of the publishing industry and I write down my observations, opinions, critiques, complaints, and praises of, about what's, what's happening with the bookstores and and the uh, online uh, publishing's or online book selling's impact on the brick and board uh, stuff and, and that kind of stuff. So there's that. Then also every issue, uh, I run reviews of books specifically on writing and publishing. And then the last section is, is called the, the Midwest Book Review Postage Stamp Hall of Fame and Appreciation for all the people that month that made donations uh -huh. to our postage stamp fund. And there you go, thing. another way to get free publicity. Either, Send Jim yeah. some postage stamps. You get free publicity in the Jim Cox report. And, then, uh, and if they want to, and 
anybody wanting to be signed up for this free Jim Cox report, just send me an email. And then, and then my daughter just takes the email address and adds it to our mailing list. That, and they can find your email at midwestbookreview.com. Your email right, is right there. there on the front page. That's fantastic. You know, Jim, um, you're living your passion. You don't even care if you get paid. You are in your passion. You're enthusiastic. You have what I call the, the energy to do what you love. And your energy is knows no bounds. That's why I do these podcasts. I want people to understand when you are living in your passion, nothing can stop you. Health, you might not have all the perfect health, but nothing stops you. Your passion keeps you going and it keeps you young. And I love it, Jim. Um, now let's go back for one last question. And that is, what excites you about a new book that you're holding, a brand new book, and they're asking you to review it? What excites you about that book? Is it the cover? Is it the content? What is it? Or what do you look for? Books to me, a book to me is a kind of emotional experience. Emotional, intellectual, cognitive, you know, physical. I, I don't, I don't, do Kindle books. I don't, I don't do PDF files. I have to, and this is just me. This is, you're not I'm alone. Yeah. And have a right to my prejudice. <laughs> I want the book right. held in my hand. I want that new book smell. I, I want to open the pages and get that tactile feeling and weight of the book and the, and the pages as I turn them. But the first thing that I notice about a book is the cover. The second thing I note about the book is how well the book is structured, physically put together. You know, is the binding okay? The type, size of uh, of the the uh, type, the size and uh, quality of the type, is it appropriate for its intended readership? I can't tell you how many books I've seen self-published, unfortunately, where the the typeface was very very small because the author was trying to reduce the number of pages in order to reduce the uh, the cost of self-publishing but they got the font so small that they they alienate a huge portion of the book buying publish publish uh public which is senior citizens 65 and older the people under the age of 45 they're made for the digital age. That's what they're used to. That's what they know. But if you're writing a book that's, that is dependent on library purchases for their patrons, or just, you know, older people browsing through their local bookstores, you've got to have typeface that's large enough so that it doesn't give them eye strain trying to read it. Well, I look for things like that. But then I start reading the book has to capture my imagination and attention and engagement within the first three pages. If it doesn't do that, it's not going to survive. So how would I get your attention? Let's suppose I'm writing a book about my life. I yeah. mean, why would anybody care about my life? What would be exciting? Would I start with an incident in my life that Maybe I met Robert Mueller at the university or whatever and whatever. I, I mean, what would be exciting to you in a, a biography? So many people are writing autobiographies today. And memoirs, yeah. Memoirs, exactly. 
there are three reasons to write a book. One, to make money. Right. And that's a long shot. Right. Two, you've got, you're compelled because you have a message you need to get out, something right. you need to say. Three, legacy. To leave a personal legacy to your family and future generations. Biographies and memoirs and autobiographies tend to tend to come in that last uh, third rationale. Right. Uh, and I'm kind of peculiar, I guess, because I find lives lived in interesting times are uh, have a special attraction for me. Oh, cool! So basically, if you're going to if you're going to write your life story, have some stories arising from your life that are worth other people listening to, because it's an example of the of the culture or times that you you grew up in, or there were lessons learned in some socioeconomic historical political or religious uh, context and write the way you would talk if you were just sitting across the table from a good friend having a, a beer or a cup of coffee. You do that and you're going to have a book that may not be a blockbuster, may not make the New York Times bestseller list, but one that will be parked in a library bookshelf and read from time to time, down through the years by other folk. I love it. Uh, my late husband, Dr. Robert Mueller wrote the book, Most of All They Taught Me Happiness. And it, it, every story is so compelling that secretary generals have sent him letters. I keep your book on my bedside um, yep. counter because I need that inspiration. But there's another trick Robert did, and I'm gonna share this. He said, after I die, and he did die in 2010, he had already written like 15 books and he had 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. And every day we publish a goodmorningworld.org. But he signed every book. Why? Because he said, after I'm dead, this may be in a garage sale. And people will buy it because it's signed by the author. So that's another trick. And lo and behold, one day I'm opening up my mail, email, and I get a letter from a librarian. And she said, you know, we were tossing out all these books to send to the Goodwill. And I found your husband's book. Most of all, they taught me happiness. And he had signed it. So I took that book home. And now it's one of my favorite books. It was that signature, Robert Mueller that got her to open up that book. Isn't that an interesting little trick? It is, and another uh, thing I personally recommend if you're going to write a memoir or an autobiography, or if you've got a biographer that's basically doing your biography and you have any kind of input in it, is have a photograph of yourself, like on the, on the dust jacket somewhere, or, or at least a photograph inside someplace, because we humans, are visually oriented uh we're just built that way and if we can see what you look like uh that it just makes enhances a the interest yeah. in hearing your story or reading your story i think you're right I, i'm disappointed if we don't have a picture of the author somewhere in that 
book that I'm holding in my hands. And I'm with you about, I love those books. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I'm hoping that you are as inspired as I am to go out, make a new book, write a new book, or create the book that you have in your hands to become a bestseller. I've always said that we ourselves are the bestsellers of our bestsellers, and we have to get out there, right, Jim? Absolutely. Uh, one, there are thousands of creative writing classes in high schools and colleges but I have yet to come across a formal class in book marketing. What does an author do or a, a, after their manuscript has been translated into a book? The dirty little secret is that most publishers, that includes the Simon and Schusters and Random Houses of the world, most publishers impose the majority burden of marketing on the shoulders of the author. And if you're a self-published author, it's 100% your responsibility. Well, it's just like giving birth to a baby. I always, I did, I do these workshops for preparing a person to be a bestseller. And I say, it's like giving birth to a baby. You don't just put him in the crib and say, I'll see you in 20 years. You don't, you have to nurture that baby. This is your baby. That's what I've always said. It's your baby. Your book is your baby. How would you prepare it to be prepared for the world to read? Well, first, you go to jimcox.com, Midwest Book Review, and you get him to review your book. Diane Donovan did our book, Revolutionary Conversations. And yep. man, did she do a good, her review was so beautiful. Diane Donovan is going to be on our Peace Podcast, and you must listen to Jim and Diane at the same time, because my gosh, you're going to get so much about how to <laughs> do it, how to become that bestseller. Um and before we close, I give you the last word there, Jim. What would you like to tell our future authors and our present authors and book readers? Next to the book itself, the two most important documents you need to include in a, a submission to a reviewer are a cover letter and then some form of publicity or press release. And if you've never created them, why the advice for writers and publishers archive has two little instructionals on how to write an effective cover letter and how to write an effective publicity release and you can do it in a matter of minutes create a professional quality cover letter and publicity release at your kitchen table are it's you like help yourself are we lucky that you have tuned into this peacepodcast.org? I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and if you haven't gotten an earful of this marvelous Jim Cox, watch this with some friends. Get all your author friends together and put them up on your TV and watch Jim Cox and talk about what he's given you today. The advice is worth a million dollars. And I'm Barbara Gunn Mueller saying, join us next week. We'll have another Peace Podcast to bring you peace, happiness, and healthy living. And you know, I'm with you, Jim. I like to hold the book in my hand. And I, my book library shall fell down the other day because I had so many <laughs> books on it. I love books and I love you, Jim. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you.